Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and my guest today is Sargan Hirani. Sargan is a first-year student currently attending the Smith School of Business at Queen's University, and he's pursuing his business commerce degree with an expected graduation date of 2024. Sargan is the speaker of the Smith Commerce Society, he is a board member of the West Coast Sikh Youth Alliance, he is a champion of diversity and equal opportunity, and he speaks not one, but four languages, including English, French, Hindu, and Punjabi. Sargan is also a first place recent winner of the RBC Queens Commerce Mental Health Association case competitions, where I got to meet him and his team. Sargan, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Brian. Really excited to be here today and really excited uh, to talk about all these important topics. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And to get us going, why don't we talk about some fast, rapid questions that gives the listeners a little bit more insight into who you are and and what and who you're all about. So first off, what is your favorite most used emoji? Uh, I'm a big emoji guy. I love using lots of different emojis. Uh, personally, I really love the, the cowboy emoji. I think it, it's a it's a great emoji because it's a little bit like it's a little bit of an aloof emoji, so it's fun to throw it at the end of like a message and just joking around. And so it's probably my most used emoji. Okay, I gotta pair you up because there's only one other cowboy emoji that's been on this show, and I, I I'm their names escaping me, but you you both are the only two cowboys I've seen that have come through. That's, that's awesome. That's cool to hear. <laughs> um, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think I would probably have to go with pasta. I love pasta, lots of different types of pasta. And I think it'd be lots of different ways you can eat pasta too, so. Absolutely, you can do a lot with pasta. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. actually getting hungry here. here yeah. Because um, I skipped lunch, which wasn't a smart move. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, favorite way to spend a day off? Um, I, I think probably a mixture between having some time outside, but then also watching Netflix. I love watching different shows on Netflix and. Uh, and watching different documentaries. So I'd probably say a measure of, of those two and having the ability to kind of just like let loose and not have to think about school or, or work for a day would be great. That's awesome. Yeah, just kind of unwind. Is there any specific Netflix shows or things that's been trending or that you've enjoyed watching? I've recently gotten to Formula One. A bunch of my friends watched like the Formula One Drive to Survive and I recently started watching that and really enjoyed it. There's actually, you know, there's one of the Formula One races going on today in Portugal. So I'll be following that. Uh, closely today so it's pretty it's pretty interesting and go kind of like going from someone who's like never heard about the sport or really gotten into it it's a great way to get you into it because it's like the classic uh netflix like documentary series like they have a good narrative and stuff and so it's really okay. uh interesting and engaging to bring you in that way through like a narrative instead of like having to kind of just start following the sport which is uh, sometimes i find difficult to do yeah wow that's pretty cool yeah there's constantly netflix is constantly pumping out some great content aren't they yeah for sure um, are you a hit this news button or a wake up immediately type of person? I, I used to be a wake up immediately type of person, but I think recently I've turned into a snooze uh, button type person. But I also <laughs> set an alarm uh, like 10 or 15 minutes before I actually need to wake up so I can hit the snooze button and then get up when I actually need to get up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you, um, do you have a favorite word? Yeah, oligopoly. I just love how it sounds. And um, it just, I remember I was writing some essay on economics back in grade 12 and and I found the word and I just was just sitting there on my bed just saying the, like oligopoly oligopoly over and over again I think it's just that's a fun word 
oligopoly. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for giving us some insights into yourself. Now, you know, as we start to talk about the show, and I was talking to you before we started the podcast, that we have a number of listeners now coming in to, you know, get some insights and ideas and thoughts around, you know, that transition either from school to post secondary or school to work. And and given that you're now making those transitions as well. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about a little bit more about yourself and maybe kind of some of the overall transitions and things that you've uh, successfully been able to do. And has there anything you've learned along the way that maybe would help another student or someone that's thinking of going off to school this fall? Yeah, sure. So I, I guess I can go a little bit into like a, a little bit of a backstory. So I was born in India. I just finished up my first year at, at Queens uh, in, in the commerce program. As Brian mentioned, I was born in India, um, and then I lived there for five years, and then I moved uh, to Seattle, and I lived there between the ages of uh, between kindergarten, grade four, and then midway through grade four, I moved to to Vancouver, and it's uh, it's where I've been all the way through grade twelve until I until I went to Queens. And I think the biggest thing I kind of learned in my transition between different like elementary schools was kind of like the importance of throwing yourself in it, it, uh, like throwing yourself into it and just like kind of being fully in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I found that like when I came from uh, Seattle to Vancouver, you know, it was midway through grade four. So it was a little bit tougher to kind of throw yourself fully into it. And I kind of like was a little bit reserved and held back and getting involved. And that kind of led to a couple of difficulties with like, you know, getting out there, meeting new people. And so I had like a little bit of a difficult time transition period there. Uh, but then when I transitioned, so the high school I went to was not like um, was not the high school that all of my friends went to from my elementary school. And so, but then like that time when I transitioned, I decided to just, you know, just throw myself into it and like, you know, not have any reservations and just try it. And it really worked out well because I was able to make, manage that transition much better. And so I think that's like one of the biggest things I learned. And I think that's the same thing with like transitioning into university, like albeit virtual, you know, transitioning into Queens, I've, I've tried to kind of follow that. Uh, the philosophy of like, you know, like going to all these different events and going to all these different things, because, you know, that's ultimately how I met the pe- the friends that I'm closest with now. And I think that that's something that it can be a little bit hard at times because, you know, it's out of your comfort zone. But I think that once you do it, it it's much nicer to be able to throw yourself in there, meet new friends, meet, uh, meet new people, and then just have that, like all these different experiences that you can, you can talk about and you can learn from and you can grow from. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, interesting your your moves even at a younger age, right, with the different schools that you attended and, you know, changing up schools, changing up environment, changing up friends. Um, you know, sometimes that's that's tough, right, as you make those transitions. But it sounds like by really just putting yourself out there and being open to meeting new people, that kind of helps you get through those moments. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, like, I think that, like, sometimes uh, it, it can be a little bit daunting and, like, it, it, it's a it's a, it's a kind of easier thing to look back and say but i think that when you when you do have the ability to kind of care like you have the ability to, to focus on on your growth and, and realize that you know the best thing for your growth is to get all these different experiences then you can kind of put aside the fear and, and kind of jump right in and like you know get involved with clubs engage actively in class and and do all these different just different experiences i think is what i've learned is like the value of like different experiences because you know there's always the conventional experiences that you can go through and you can have a perfectly fine time doing that but i don't i think you can learn so much more about yourself and so much more about the world by doing a lot of these like unconventional experiences i 100 percent agree and you know I, I know this was your first year um away at school and um i know that it probably wasn't what you dreamed of initially as back in high school thinking about going off to university but 
you know, making the most of it and getting involved and, and connecting there um, and meeting some of the friends that you made this year too. Um, as you look at the schooling and whether it's high school or maybe maybe even university, um, you know, as you're starting to look at some of the things you're learning um, and some of those life lessons, you know, is there anything that you think um, should be addressed or talked about more in school that maybe isn't? Yeah, I think that like, I guess one of the things that I've really learned from like, I've been engaging in, there's a big coffee chat culture at Smith. And so one of the, been engaging in lots of coffee chats since I've gotten there. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I've had is like, there is so many different paths to the same result or to a good result. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that can be glossed over a little bit when you're, you know, when you're making the transition between high school and university, there's kind of like your guidance counselors and, and, and teachers all wanting the best for you kind of do in, inadvertently kind of point you to the word towards like a certain university or like a certain program or, or just the idea of post-secondary education at all. Uh, and then kind of when you come into university, especially into some, uh, some format, like as I am in a business program, uh, there's kind of like a, there's kind of like you come in, there's, it, it's more unsaid, it's more subconscious, but like even the stuff we discussed in class is really centered around, you know, four streams, you know, there's, there's finance, there's consulting, there's marketing and there's accounting. And, you know, there's, there's, of course, like, of course, not the majority of people don't end up in these four careers, but that's what's kind of taught. And then, um, and then kind of it's on your, you're left on your own device if you're interested in something else than that. And that's something that's kind of needs to be changed within the school system, because I think that, you know, kind of lumping everybody into these four programs really limits what somebody could do and like really limits the opportunities that someone could have. Uh, and so I think that that's one thing that we need to look at as a society more is that like, you know, having more individualistic opportunities and individualistic goals for, for, for post-secondary or just for proceeding through, through your career and through your professional development, I think it would be great. Yeah. Super insightful too. Like that's the thing right now is we're so focused on like, you know, transferable skills, human skills, being able to be, you know, agile and, and solve problems and solve problems in groups and, you know, all those great things. And I, it's sometimes interesting because what you just shared is really interesting because that along with like super over programming what what you might become or be is is somewhat limiting in the fact that if you let that be your future path um there's so many other things to explore and i think that's why work integrated learning and experiences like joining us this summer where you can you know explore and meet new students and what they're doing different jobs like that's how you learn and find your passions or, you know, embrace your passions in different roles. But yeah, that's a great, really good insights into, you know, some of those ideas and not to limit yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one of the, one of the, uh, the best things about, I guess, like a virtual virtual circumstance is that, you know, when you are virtual and you have, you have these, you just have so much more opportunity uh, to go out and experience new things. Cause it's so much easier. You know, you can be in the comfort of your own room in your, in your house and be on your laptop, you know, like, pursuing some courses on LinkedIn or, or looking at some other online courses. I know it was a, it was a big trend uh, just when COVID started last year, like last summer, everyone was doing like those online courses offered by like different universities. Like there's a lot by like, I know like Harvard and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of these like big schools in the States that are offering like a lot of these professional development courses. And as well, like LinkedIn started pumping out a lot more like LinkedIn learning courses. Cause you know, everybody has so much more time on our hands now. And it's just like, we're already are plugged in. So it's easy to pick up another skill. And I think that like that was one of the reasons that kind of incentivized me to join RBC this summer was that, you know, I had the opportunity to work at RBC, work at a great company, but also from the comfort of my own home and the comfort of my own room. And so kind of having this ability to get this new experience and this different experience, but then also, 
you know, at, at, at a level where it's not so much as, you know, I'm, I have to like go, I have to like transit to like the workplace every day and have to do like all these additional things. And so I, I think that like, that's, that that's, you know, as, as unfortunate as COVID is, it has brought out some opportunities for us to, to learn and grow. You're, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to continuing our coffee chats throughout the summer. Um, as you, you know, getting like a little bit more personal on the show, this is where I usually ask the, the guest if they wanted to share, you know, maybe an opportunity or a challenge or something that you've dealt with um, that you've, you know, been able to overcome or in the process of overcoming. Again, thinking about the audience and you know, what they can glean from this conversation from you and maybe some tips and tricks. Is there something that that you felt open that you wanted to share or maybe talk about openly with with our guests and with me? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, like one thing that kind of comes to mind is like uh, a lot of times through high school and entering university there, I think there can be kind of like a, a fear of failure, like a fear of rejection kind of form. And I think that that's it's something that comes a little bit naturally through kind of what the process is of getting into university in uh, in our society. You know, it's that you get good grades and then now it's like even more of a push to, you know, now you have to get good grades inside of school, but you also have to be involved outside of school. And then now you have to be able to communicate that through like ridiculously short essays or ridiculously short questions that it's very difficult to communicate. And even, you know, uh, and then after that, it's just a waiting game. You wait for months and months to months and you hear one by one, from these different schools as, you know, like friends are getting in around you. And I think that that kind of culture can, can breed a little bit of a fear of failure and a little bit of fear of, um, fear of rejection. Cause I, I know that when I talk to my parents, um, it's like, and like, they, they share with me, like their process of applying to university was very different, right? You know, they didn't start thinking about it back in grade eight or grade nine. Uh, like when I started thinking about it and when a lot of my peers have started, have started to think about it because, you know, now there's so many more kind of, like hula hoops you have to jump through to like each step of the way. Like, you know, it's like, if I want to take these courses in grade 12, then I have to take these prerequisites. I have to take these prerequisites. And if I want to be involved with these organizations, I have to do this. I think that that kind of, that so focused mindset can lead to like a little bit of a fear of rejection, which is something that I kind of battled with, um, was having that fear of failure and, and, you know, kind of getting that like immense, like stress when like, like a, a test result didn't come back uh, in the way that I wanted it or, you know, like I didn't necessarily get a club position or I wasn't selected for this conference. Uh, and I think that, I guess, something that helped me overcome it was trying to take a step back and, and, and honestly, look at, look at the filled portion of the glass. Like it was, it was a matter of, you know, my parents having to sit me down and talk to me about like, you know, like, it's okay that like, remember one of the ones that was really tough for me is that the first time I applied to a grade eight camp. So uh, my school runs like a grade eight camp, high school ran a grade eight camp for uh, the incoming grade eights and the grade 11s and 12s used to run it. It's one of like the most like coveted positions at my school and like, like student leadership, like, like over a hundred kids used to apply and there should be like 30 spots. And so it was like pretty competitive. And, and, uh, and so I remember the first time I applied, I didn't get in and I was like really heartbroken and really, really um, like bummed out on my luck because I'd like really been looking forward to this since grade eight. And, you know, it was like, it was one of the, like, like really, uh, I guess it was, like, in hindsight, it was in hindsight, it's not that big of a deal, but like in the moment I was, I was really like struck out by it. And my parents kind of sat me down and said, you know, like, you know, like it is, we understand that you like, you value this and it's important, but you also have to recognize that, you know, like you're doing all these different things. And then that's something that we have to kind of keep in mind as we go throughout the world today is that it can be easy to be scrolling through LinkedIn and be like, wow, this person is doing this and this and this, and then kind of be like, okay, like, what do I have to do to get to their level? 
Whereas I think it's more about being individualistic and, and recognizing, you know, what, like, what am I doing good as much as there's stuff that I can improve also make sure to recognize that, you know, you are doing impressive work and you are working hard. And then also that, you know, like, just because so-and-so is, is on one more club than you are or on one more conference than you are, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be there. Yep, absolutely. And that comparison, it's, it's human nature to do that. And I think, you know, your generation growing up and even I was like shaking my head thinking, I didn't even realize that you're thinking about school in eighth grade. And yeah. um, I don't, I don't think I even thought about it until uh, like, as I was walking across the graduation stage of my mm -hmm. school. Um, well, no, I, it's probably a little earlier than that, but, but yeah. really that's, that, and that puts stress too, as yeah. far as fear, but stress as well. Right. And wow, that's, that, that is. And the other thing I'm curious about, cause you also have so much more, and I, I've heard this theme a little bit across the team or across the various guests about this comparison and this, what is someone doing? And also because you all have social media kind of throwing it in your face of yeah, who's doing what, where, and how, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, um, that must, after a while too, you must have to shut that off because some of that is, you know, I don't, I don't really see too many people sharing their to your point failures. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think I was reading a really interesting article a couple of years ago, actually about this. One of my, so it's a fun topic I like to talk about. And it was talking, I think it was like some study that was done in Australia about mm -hmm. how Facebook and social media in general, it was talking specifically about Facebook this was before like Instagram hit its boom and, and a lot of the other social medias hit their, hit their boom. Talking about how these social medias are actually uh, making people less happy because um, like, or it was just the social media in general is making people less happy because, you know, someone will be having like a little bit of a, a sad day. So they'll be on their phone, you know, they're in their house, not doing too much and they'll, They'll like scroll through Facebook and now they're just seeing like, you know, this person got engaged and this person is like celebrating a fun party with their friends. And this person's out for drinks with their friends. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was really interesting to kind of like think about it from that part of the glass, because it's like, you know, subconsciously everyone will only, you know, every, like I'm only going to post an Like I'll post an Instagram picture. It's like, it's my birthday today. You know, I'm hanging out with my friends and I like uh, today, like I, to, this is like, I like posted an Instagram picture recently about like all my memories for like my one semester that I was on like residence at, at Queens. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's a subconscious thing that humans do, you know, you want to share your greatest memories, you want to save your greatest memories. Um, but I guess, like, looking at the flip side of that is that you're only sharing your greatest memories, you know, nobody's going to share that really crappy day they had at work or that really, that, that low test mark they got back. And so maybe like, we need and, to start sharing it, like flip it. Yeah. Like, maybe we need failures of Facebook. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think, I think it'd be a really interesting. I could share uh, a few. Thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I could, everybody could. And I think that that's one. I think that's like another thing about, like the kind of like the fear of of, of rejection or the fear of failure that I was talking about earlier is that, looking at the fact that you know failure is not necessarily a negative thing, you know, no. it's like a negative no. circumstance in, in one way, but you can totally like learn from it and you can totally, like like gain value from it. Like it's like for me, like I think the one biggest thing I learned was that you know like just because I didn't get into one club didn't mean that I failed. It was that like what can I do to make sure that like, if I have an interview like this or if an application like this, like this doesn't happen again, like what can I learn from it? Yeah, and I think that's no, like really good insights. Yeah. Th I think that's one of the, like, again, like back to the social media thing, like you were mentioning, Brian, it is, it is difficult because, you know, especially like, I guess, like coming into, coming into university, I know something I talk about my friends a lot too, is that coming into like, especially Queens, I guess, is that because it's such a small program, like there's only about 500 kids in my year. Mm -hmm. Um, in all in all commerce it's you you get to you can get to know the majority of people pretty quickly and so that makes it even tougher 
when looking when people start looking at LinkedIn or people like you're like looking at like what other people are doing or like how people are doing in classes and it, it makes it difficult because you do have to be able to shut off and I, I like what the insights that I've learned like through having my coffee chats is like uh, like like operators will say that you know like that's something people start shutting off like right around the end of second year like once they've kind of gotten their internships and once they've kind of like looking forward at exchange and kind of realizing that you know like now it's much more focusing about them but then until then it is it is a matter of it's a matter of like everyone does it it's it's a difficult thing to to kind of mitigate because you know even like i found myself that like through coffee chats i've kind of like learned that i shouldn't do that but at the same time you know it, it's difficult not to it's 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 it is social media it's, it is addicting it's addicting to go on linkedin and you know post like a new job you're starting or like this case comp you won or yeah but then but then at the same time you have to like look at the fact that um look at the fact that you do have to be able to shut off sometimes and focus on yourself and and you are going to have those bad days or those bad weeks but you can't like let that define you as a person let that kind of wow, shape really, who you are really good con really good insights and information to share with with us the listeners and um thank you so much for being so upfront on some of those things i think it's um it's really interesting and then the perspective that you already have that like you have in your head, like, you know, you, you, you know, you want to compare, but you know, it's not going to get you where you need to go, but how do you overcome that? And, um, and start to focus on you because everyone is different and everyone has a different path and everyone has a different approach to life. So, yeah. Um, thanks so much. I think that was really cool to share and give some ideas around like how to think about that a little bit differently. Um, the other thing I often talk about, and I, I have chatted with this a bit, um, is, you know, as we start to to turn and start to try to change um, the whole ecosystem and kind of looking more from less about credentials and grades to some of your earlier points and thinking about the values you have and the skills you've gained. And, and when I mean skills too, I mean life experiences. Like, you know, you know, even moving around various elementary schools, like you built skills to deal with that. Um, and when you start to think about that, I was wondering if you if you reflected at all, like kind of what are your values and what do you, what do you think about when you think about the skills you're gaining and how does that help you to pursue your dreams? Yeah, I think that one of the things to look at um, is that it, it is important to kind of have, I think, I think, sorry, like, I guess starting off again, I think one of the sure. things is that um, it's important to like have those skills and value, but I think that the kind of like a duly more important thing would be able to like communicate those things. So I think that like yeah. I mentioned with like university experiences and like same thing with interviews and applications, like I think one of the biggest skills that you can have, and I guess it's, it's a little bit of a cyclical thing is that have the ability and have the skill to communicate your skill and your, and your value. I think that the way that comes about is by trying to develop a narrative. This is something that I was like learning when I, when I was like reaching out to like my uh, my relatives, like my uncle, to like help proofread over my like university applications, uh, like I remember I would like I would be discussing like like how like how I should approach a question, and like I would approach it in much more of like I'm I'm like I'm much more of I'd say like a quantitative person, like I like kind of like um, like looking at it more analytically, and so I would kind of like if the question asked me like oh like name an experience that like really taught you about this or whatever, and I would kind of directly do that. I would start off the first sentence would be like the experience, and then like the next would be what I've what I've learned from it. Uh, and then whereas my uncle, he taught me to spin it in a different way and, 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 and talk about like, start the hook off with like a story that I had during yeah. the experience I learned during the experience that I had. And then what I learned from the story. And so kind of like doing these like different things you can to kind of spin these experiences. I think that can be really valuable. And I guess connecting back to like 
what I would say like my uh, like, like my values are as a person. I think that one of the biggest things my parents really instilled in me, uh, was like the importance of hard work. You know, they're the Mm -hmm. first out of their families and their siblings to move out of India and like make a better, and they've made a better life for like my family just through their hard work and through, you know, like working hard and, and having those long nights and those long days and, and doing whatever they needed to do to make a better life. And so I think like, for me, that's one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned. Uh, from yeah. them and I think that like that's really shaped me uh, into who I am I think that you know like sometimes I, I I kind of find myself like doing it subconsciously like I'll I'll notice that like I, I guess it is that it's like that grit and like not giving up like I'll notice that sometimes I do procrastinate um, but then I also I also just the way I'm wired and the way I've been wired because of my experiences I also just cannot like if I have to like write like like let's say I procrastinate assignment I don't start till midnight I won't like ever think of submitting it like 3 a.m. Like I would write it all the way. I would regularly write it all the way through to like 7 a.m. and submit yeah. it when I think it's like good enough quality. I think that that's like one of the, probably one of the, like the skills and the values I, I, I value the most. And that's something that's my parents really instilled in me is like the importance of like hard work and grit and perseverance. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, you may get yourself into a situation you may regret procrastinating, but you know, that that's not where like the line ends. The line ends once you submit your assignment to a good quality. Yeah, no. And, Wow. And you know what, you, even having the insights and the, the direct conversation with your folks and like your uncle gave you some really great advice about the narrative side, you know, that's what makes you who you are and that's what makes you unique and different and, and also, um, interesting to employers, right? Like it's, yeah. if you're just standing back with your grades and your school, it's, you know, so is everybody else. Right? So how do you, how do you embrace that? And I love the narrative piece of that as well. You know, earlier too, um, I know when when we're doing the intro, you talked about um, diversity and also um, equal opportunities and things. And you know, how's that? How's that been part of your your experiences or your life sort of approach? Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's that's another that's another thing that I guess is is, is more of a subconscious thing for me at, at this point. I, I know I've I've talked about it in a in a, in a couple essays about how. Um, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily enjoy, like I wear, I wear a turban, I wear a patka on my head. So a Sikh religious head covering. And so <laughs> it's pretty easy to pick me out of a crowd and pick me out of a room. And so, you know, originally I didn't enjoy that as much because I was always kind of the center of attention. But then I guess like through, you know, working with my uncle and working with my parents and kind of like through like talking to them and recognizing like the value of that, um, kind of spun it into a new way about like, now I have the power to command attention whenever I need to command attention. Right. And then okay. so, with that kind of going into these different um different different uh like opportunities it mm-hmm. brings about uh, like a place for me to kind of like show the importance of diversity and, and show like the positive value that diversity adds and then also like educate people about like important topics i remember like i i'm a part of the british columbia youth parliament uh and so this year we have these with these ability to give these member statements uh during the year and I uh, knew that like this year during our session, one of the most important things going on and still going on to this day is the farmers protest. And so kind of taking the time to educate myself about the farmers protest and then, you know, speak to these like leaders across the province that are like, you know, share similar values as me and about advocacy and about the importance of like youth leadership, uh, share mm-hmm. like the importance of this message with them. I think that's one of the other things that I've like learned to my sense of diversity is like you know, the importance of like having a voice and the importance of like advocacy. Cause you know, it's really great to, you know, be in a student leadership position and, and, you know, have that title 
and have the ability to write that on, on an application or write that on your resume that you know I was student council president. But I think it's much more important to, to actually do something of substance with that more than just inside the school. Because, you know, when you are in a commanding student leadership position that I think a lot of kids find themselves in because that's something that's really coveted uh, now in our, in our society and in, especially now as universities look for that. Uh, it's also really important to kind of look at, you know, what's going on a, across the globe, you know, not even just in my school, what's going on across the globe, what's going on across the community, educate yourself about that and then communicate that to, to everyone. And I think that, you know, we can only benefit from having conversation about any topic, right? We can only benefit from it. There's no harm that comes from talking to someone about a different topic or something that you're passionate about. And so I think that that's something that also I, I, I learned kind of more of a subconscious thing that's just kind of like, through my experiences that naturally started happening. And then I started noticing it when I was like thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, an, that's another thing that I really learned and valued over my life. Wow. Really? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, and I know, you know, of course, as we went through the Queens commerce mental health challenge, and I really feel lucky to have met you and, and your other teammates. Um, I find each of you so individually inspiring and at such a young age and being able to share your your stories here with me, I really appreciate it. Um, you being on the show and 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 also just um, getting to know you, I look forward to hearing some more from you this summer and seeing what what you do. Um, you know, as we look at um, kind of getting to the end of the show already, I could go on for another hour or two for sure. But thinking about um, you know that as we close out and you know thinking about some of the things you have shared, which has been amazing lessons to to our listeners. Is there anything that advice-wise you want to share with somebody or someone that might be tuning in today as we kind of wrap wrap up this conversation? Yeah, so I think I just pull it back to I, I think a, a few key points. Uh, first of all, it's 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 you know like throw yourself in there and and be involved and, and get involved because you know there's no such thing as a bad experience. You can always learn something, even from getting rejected from a club or getting rejected from from grade eight camp. You know, there's always something to be learned. Uh, and then I guess that ties into secondly is like, don't be afraid of failure, um, you know, em embrace it because it's our, it's, it's, it's our ability to grow. I was reading this really interesting book. It, it's called the, the subtle art of not giving, um, I'll, I'll leave the last, I'll leave the last little bit up in the air. Um, and it, it talks about, talks about how there's no like true, like there's no such thing as like true happiness or anything uh, yeah. that comes from like an accomplishment. Happiness comes from solving problems and like, and like overcoming failures and overcoming issues. And so then, and then it kind of like pulls that into saying, you know, like life is kind of about finding what certain things you find worth fighting problems or dealing with issues for. And so like, you know, most people like will say like family and, and like friends. Right. And so like, I think that that was like, that was a really cool book that I read that like spoke about that, that there's no happiness doesn't come from success. Happiness comes from overcoming failure. And so like you could think of it as the same way, but it, it's it's kind of a different way, right? Because, you know, overcoming failure, you're seeing what you're looking back at a negative experience and seeing what you can learn. And then also there's another quote in the book that says like wanting more positive experiences, a negative experience and learning from negative experiences, a positive experience. And so I wow. think like that's where that's one of the other takeaways. And the, and the last one is is to is to not get too caught up on on what other people are, are doing in their life, you know, like as much as it can be used for inspiration, it should just be that it shouldn't like guide your direction and guide your life. It should be merely just inspiration of, of ideas of stuff you could do, uh, but really focus on yourself and see what you're passionate about and, and focus on what you're passionate about, because that's going to be the most valuable to you in the end. Wow. Sergeant, what an amazing conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I really thank you for sharing uh, so many 
so many good points with uh with me and also with our listeners and uh thank you again for for joining me and being part of this today no thank you so much for having me brian it's really great i think it's always really great to have the opportunity to talk to someone and, and really love connecting with you through the through the rbc case company really look forward to connecting with you in the future uh, working RBC this summer. Just wanted to uh, say thank you again for having me. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely, pleasure is all mine. So, for the listeners, if you like what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network, and please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until next time, please stay well.